0: This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available, along with more downloads, at our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. The start of this talk It's just a summary of what we're trying to do over the next few weeks. And there's a series of uh, talks which are entitled Famous Sayings, followed by The Famous Saying. And the one that I have to deal with today is Their Cross to Bear. Now, I'm quite sure all of us at some time or another have been acquainted with someone saying that to us or indeed for that matter we might have even said it to someone else and it usually follows on from a problem that someone has got it may be a physical problem or it may be a a, a disease which is a, a very unpleasant thing but it could be anything really that's a burden if you like and we usually say well That's sad, but that's their cross to bear. They have to bear that cross. Whatever the background, whatever the circumstances, it's generally associated with a burden upon someone's life. Now, the clue to it all is, of course, that we are a religious community, and the famous sayings that we are talking about find their references back in Scripture let me give you uh, an example Um, we often hear the phrase eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die now of course it's quite true tomorrow we die not not necessarily literally but we do die and that is our fate but the interesting thing about it all is that that is a verse that's used in scripture on a couple of occasions and that may be a little bit surprising so maybe you'll be surprised or not surprised to find that this cross that we're talking about that we have to bear is in fact found in scripture in fact it's found in in three of the gospel records what we call the synoptic gospels and it's found in all of these and so we want to look at exactly what that means Jesus spoke these words and we look at them in a few moments but we may be a little bit surprised at what Jesus meant when he talked about bearing a cross. Because he was the the great example, if you like, of one who had to bear a cross. If you remember, he bore the cross when he went to his crucifixion at Calgary. And because of fatigue, uh, Simon actually helped him out on that. But... Let's get in at the first reference we find in the gospel record um, by Matthew. Now, this is the first of the, the three references. The others are in Mark chapter 8 verse 34, and the third one is Luke 9 verse 23. And as you might expect they all add something or there's a little bit more that helps us understand what Jesus was saying. But let's look first at chapter 16 of Matthew and verse 24 and I'm reading from the, the authorised version. And we find there the background to this and all of this, the record on this saying, it, the background is that Jesus was telling his disciples that they, he sorry, was going to suffer and that you know, his time for crucifixion was not very far away. And so in Matthew uh, chapter 16 and 21, um, we read, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Now, now that's the background to it. And then as we go down into verse 24... We find then, said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, we find there just a subtle difference to their cross to bear because Jesus is making it very personal. He's not talking about a person saying about another one that's their cross to bear he's talking personally because he's saying there if any man will come after me let him deny himself or or a woman obviously but if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross so this saying is a very personal saying it's not really a collective saying if you like it applies to every one of us Personally, And the background, of course, is Scripture. And he says, and follow me. And notice, too, that it's inseparably linked with two other steps. And, and if you notice, they're there. So if that one's going to come after him, follow him, that's what Jesus means, then he's got to deny himself, he's got to take up his cross, and he's got to follow him. So this idea of taking up a cross is associated with two other things and that's self-denial if you like and following him and to understand about taking up a cross you've got to understand the other two so we're going to cover it all and embrace them in our ideas of what this frame of saying means. What did Jesus mean? Now Notice too, will you, that it frequently, not exclusively, any passages to the cross, uh, and this idea, the saying behind this, mostly talks about taking up a cross. But you'll remember that Jesus bare his cross, because that was a procedure for crucifixion. So we find that in the scripture... We have both the idea of taking up the cross and bearing the cross. But this saying here is taking up. What that means, friends, is that you take it up as a positive action. When you bear something, you bear a cross perhaps, uh, whilst it's got the same meaning, it's a slightly different idea that you bear the cross because something's happened to cause you to bear that cross. Whereas the saying, taking up your cross, is something that you do intentionally and positively. So that's worth just noting as we go on a- and see what Jesus meant. Remember his listeners. That's the listeners of the Lord Jesus Christ in his ministry. They'd know what he was talking about. They'd be aware of the cross because in Roman times the the dreadful idea of crucifixion to kill a person was really one of the worst things that could happen. So did Jesus mean did he mean by taking up his cross that we sort of go as it were to a crucifixion? Well not literally of course but there is a a, a way in which that does apply and we shall see. Now let's just see the other reference in uh, or no, let's go back just for a moment. Sorry, to Matthew 10, because um, these sayings haven't haphazardly picked. I'm sure. You know why is this one taken, taken it up across? Why is this so important that we put it as one of our subjects? Well, I'll tell you why. If you want to follow me in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 38, uh, we read the following verse and he that, and I'm just reading this from, you know, out of its context but it it says what it means quite clearly and he that taketh not his cross so here we find it's the opposite, if you like he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me so can you see the importance, friends, of the subject? you see, if we say that we want to follow Jesus that we want to do those things which we know he would like us to do and to please him and to please his heavenly father unless we take up our cross we're being told we're not worthy of him so that's the importance and we all want to be worthy of him of course whoever wants to be my disciple another version says must do this So, that's the importance. That's what it means to us. We've got to do something. So, when persons were condemned to be crucified, uh, a part of the sentence was that they should carry their cross, (coughs) on which they were to die at the place of the crucifixion. So, that's what Jesus Christ did, and we've already said, so fatigued was he that Simon helped him. So, literally, to carry the cross for Jesus and for anybody else who were sentenced to that cruel death, it was a burden. Not only a burden, it happened to be a disgrace as well, and was in in addition to the, the cruel death that they suffered. So, to carry a cross, or to bear a cross, whichever you want, or to take up a cross, is a figurative expression, which is denoting the fact that we must endure whatsoever is burdensome and we're qualified that as we go on or try, in trying to follow Christ so we've said that there are three steps denial, taking up the cross and following him let's just quickly look at the first of these and, and it's this idea of deny himself or deny himself it's really there um to bring us to our rightful position in the eyes of God um if you wanted to turn to Titus we can see what it's all about there Titus chapter 2 and verse 12 now let's just read this first of all and then I'll quote an alternative version but here we find in verse 11 of Titus chapter 2 and we're looking now at denying. Okay. We read there, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all man. And we know that this word of salvation in the scripture is there for us. And it goes on in verse 12, teaching us that denying And there's the word, deny and denying, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. Let's qualify that a little bit, shall we? Because when we talk about living soberly, and we've been talking about eat, drink and be merry, of course that's not the the idea. It, It means living sensibly, if you like, um, living a good life and so what Paul is saying to Titus he's trying to contrast uh, what it's all about and he says you know on the one side we have to deny certain things uh, and those things are ungodliness uh, they are worldly lusts you know lusting after things uh, that perhaps we shouldn't living righteously and godly in this present world uh, and that's what he's telling us to do it is in effect self-control uh, I mean it it, it would be uh, perhaps easy to say well you know I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that um, I forget the law of God um, I'm going to go my own way I'm going to do this now the record in the script tells us what's right and wrong and sometimes we don't need to be told do we it's the right moral life we should live but what Paul is saying is Don't think that way. Think a different way. Think about serving God. Think about godliness, not worldliness, if you like. And the only way to do that is to control one's self. That's what it's all about. And it is the first step in that process of salvation. He's talking about the grace of God that bringeth salvation. And until we're prepared to take that attitude of mind, and to deny self and do those things that are pleasing to God. Now that doesn't mean to say this is a pretty boring life therefore and I can't do really what I want to do because the more you read in scripture the more you want to do that. You know, it's a lovely book and it gives you wonderful thoughts. Above all, it gives you a hope of salvation, being saved, getting life eternal. But more about a bit of that a little later on. I like if you've ever looked and if you can uh, look in the new international version and do you know what it says there teaching us that or it says in the NIV saying no. That's, That's good isn't it? I mean it's not always easy to say no but that's what Paul is really saying say no to ungodliness and to worldly lusts and so forth. So self-denial is when we do not manifest actions which we might think about doing. And so it's wonderful, isn't it, that we can do that to say no. We've got to live lives that are pleasing to God and do not uh, let challenges that face us overcome our um, desire to follow God. Now, we're going to look at the last of the three now. Um, and this is in Luke chapter 9. Uh, and and this adds a little bit more to what this idea is so in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23 and and this is slightly different for both Matthew and Mark's version if we read Luke 9 and verse 23 we read and he said to them all Lord Jesus speaking if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me and the quick reading of that might suggest to you, well, it's exactly the same as back in Matthew. But it's not. There's an addition. A little single word which makes so much difference. And it's that word, daily. That's what he's saying. The Lord Jesus is, is saying take up your cross, deny yourself, follow me, daily. So, when we think about the cross and the cross of Jesus, we can't be talking about the cross of Jesus literally because scripture tells us and we know from reading it that he took it only once and he was crucified and he was resurrected so the cross applies to us as hopefully followers of the Lord Jesus Christ it's it's the second of the three sayings again but it's daily and it adds that little bit more doesn't it the idea, as one commentator has put it, the use of the word daily emphasises it's not just a theory, but something that is real, impractical. It means that service to the master is continuous and not part-time. So, if there are burdens, which are to be borne on a daily basis, we have to understand the purpose of that. Now, just because we say and we claim to be um, followers of Christ, if you like, that doesn't mean to say that our lives are going to be um, all hunky-dory, you know, nothing will go wrong. Uh, Far from it. Why should it be? And if you go through Scripture, you read of many of the the worthies of old and, and those in the New Testament who had to suffer. Nobody, perhaps, more than the Lord Jesus, who was the most perfect man, but Just because we claim to be religious, and I'll put it in inverted commas, doesn't mean to say that we don't have burdens to bear. And sometimes that's not easy. You know, why is it me that I've got to suffer this, whatever it might be? Well, there is a purpose, and let's go on, shall we? And it means that we have to take up. That is our cross. That's your cross, my cross. It's not actually their cross, because we're having to experience it. Uh, uh, But there is no fixed set of rules, you see. Uh, Things in my life that I might consider a burden may not be a burden, you might think. They're strange that I should have that as a problem in my life, as a burden. And it can be anything. It can be anything from age playing a part. Um, It could be health, of course. It could even be the personality but what things I might find difficult when I'm trying to serve Jesus Christ may be easy for you. But we've all got something that we have to bear and that we have to take up that's going to be our burden. If you like, in 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 just a little sentence, it's facing up to the issues that arise as a result of claiming to be a follower of Christ or a disciple of Christ. And that's exactly what it is. It does arise because we've decided to follow Christ. And there are certain things which we shouldn't pursue. They're described as worldliness. Now, don't think, as I've said earlier, don't think that makes it a miserable life because it gives us a hope and we should be able to see that hope overcoming any burdens that we have but let's go on it's, it's a personal thing This very personal it's your cross and it's my cross not any old cross so taking up the cross or taking up his cross means facing the challenge that discipleship brings it might be just simple ones like people at work ridiculing us because we believe in God it does happen It happens in the workplace. I don't know, sometimes they call it bullying, but when I was at work, there were people who used to ridicule not necessarily myself, but those of us who believed in God. So we need to realize that that could be a simple burden that we bear, but there it is. But that burden, that cross, that challenge that discipleship brings, it brings that reward, possibility of life eternal that outweighs all the discipline that's involved now I want to look at a couple of passages in the Psalms because it's quite interesting because let's say this burden that we bear the psalmist tells us something about this burden and if you look at Psalm 55 and verse 22 you'll find the psalmist has something that's very assuring very assuring so he says there verse 22 cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved now that is a tremendous assurance isn't it that God is with us cast our burden so when our cross becomes burdensome then we go to God. We should go to God all the time, of course, but particularly we can go to God because, he said, he will sustain us. Keep your finger there just for a moment because we're coming back to that. Just turn off on a few pages to Matthew chapter 60, Matthew, uh, the Psalms 68. And there in verse 19, we read this interesting verse. It says... Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Now, in my authorised version, the word with benefits is in italics, which usually means that they're not sure, the translators are not sure of the translation. Now, that's interesting because I'd love that verse to be as it is anyway, because it's true, isn't it? He says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with blessings. Let's just look at it just like that for the moment. Because we are to take up our cross daily. And yet we read here that we daily are loaded with benefits, and we are life itself. Now, why am I asking you to keep your finger there? I want to read this verse in psalm 68 from the the niv because it it is quite interesting and we go in psalm 68 and verse 19 Uh, and it says there praise be to the lord to god our savior who daily bears our burdens now isn't that interesting that instead of daily loadeth us with benefits the NIV says who daily bears our burdens so that's quite interesting now let's go back again to that psalm the other psalm which was psalm 55 and, and look at it again and that's got a different translation Psalm 55, we read the authorised version but if you've got an authorised version you'll find that in verse 22 for the word burden in the margin it says gift. Now that's very odd because a burden is hardly usually looked upon as a gift. You know, they're they're, they're contrasting, aren't they? And so the psalmist is saying cast your gift upon the the Lord and he'll sustain thee he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved now I think what the psalmist is trying to get at, it's a saying that we don't really have any burdens as such of course we do, in the literal sense but if we've got the God of hope as our salvation through his son the Lord Jesus which the scripture tells us all about then the burden isn't a burden at all, it's a gift The gift of God, we read in Romans, is eternal life. And that puts a whole different light on it, doesn't it? Now, we had that chapter in Mark 10. Not a chapter, it was only a few verses, wasn't it? Um, I didn't really want a long chapter. I just used that as an illustration of what bearing our burdens, bearing our cross is all about. I'm not going to go through it again. You can go through it yourself if you like again. But it's a parable, isn't it? And this man asks the Lord Jesus Christ. um, Sorry, it's not a parable, is it? Um, And when he was gone, verse 17, forth into the way, this is Jesus, there came one running and kneeled to him and said, asked, asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? now what a challenging statement because this man was a good man we would say, wouldn't we And so Jesus said, well you know the commands don't do this, don't do that he was denying himself of course and he was, was he, taking his cross and he answered master all these I've done from my youth so here was a righteous man on the surface of it and Jesus beholding him left him what a wonderful description of that man Jesus loved him and he said one thing thou lackest go and sell what you've got sell everything and he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions now I just use that as an example I'm not suggesting that because we have, some of us might have or may not have good possessions it's not that, it's the it's the principle. He was told to go away and deny, if you like, the one thing that he held, if you like, above all else. He had great possessions. He didn't want to give them up. He was not prepared to take up his cross for the sake of the Lord Jesus. He didn't deny these things and therefore he didn't um, take up his cross because Jesus said, if you do this, take up your cross take up the cross and follow me so there's an example of what we're talking about and I'm quickly going to deal with the third step of salvation follow me because it is necessary you know Um, there are those people who perhaps live in isolation and therefore don't have a problem of some of the temptations that we may have so the third step of following is as important if not more important because if you've done the first two then you're two thirds of the way there aren't you I'm just going to give you some examples of what following in scripture means Okay, first of all it means it's a, a word used for soldiers who follow their commander Okay, when there's a war or something like that the troops do what the commander tells them the idea same with Jesus he's our commander if you like he's the one that we follow and so we do what he says follow scripture secondly it's a word used for a slave following his master and it's the same principle you know the slave has to do what his master tells him to do and we're the slaves we're servants and we have to follow what Jesus says our master obey his master we could be following someone's advice uh, you know we've often said well, I followed his advice I've done this And the advice that we follow, again, is in Scripture. It's Jesus. It's the Word. It's the Word of God. Um, You can also follow and should obey the laws of the land. We say that again. Um, We say sometimes, well, we followed that argument because that's a reasoning. And so lots of things are used to tell us what following Jesus is all about. All of those. It's a commitment to serve him. A commitment to to follow him full time not part time and that may involve and will involve I'm sure taking up our cross following Jesus is very easy if you don't have a problem when life runs smoothly when everything seems to be going nicely our true commitment to him is revealed when we have our problems and our difficulties and our trials and sacri- um, discipleship can mean sacrifice taking up our cross i want to just look at one passage in luke chapter 9 where i want to do it fairly quickly but there were three people there in luke chapter 9 there were three people who said they were willing to follow jesus chapter 9 and verse um, 57 at the end um and it came to pass, I'll read it fairly quickly, it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I'll follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said, Foxes of holes, birds of the air of nests, son of man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom. And another said also, I will follow thee, but let me first go, bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. Now, those three people claimed that they were going to follow Jesus. Now, not literally. We don't think that the Lord Jesus would have said, Sorry, you can't go home and bury your father or something like that. Again, it was the principle there was not a total commitment and that's what Jesus wants a total commitment and that may or may not mean having to take up your cross we could ask some very difficult questions then I ask myself you know would I be willing to follow Jesus if it means losing um, say one of our friends you know a close friend that we've developed a friendship I'm not saying it would happen but there may be circumstances you know it may be that friend is, is, is pretty worldly, if you like, and we don't think that's the right way. Now, that's uh, difficult if there was a good friend. It may mean that we alienate a little bit of our family by deciding that we're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. It could mean a loss of reputation. It could even be the loss of a job. There could be nothing like that at all, of course. But we ask the question to each other, would we be willing to do that? Would we deny ourselves? Would we take up that burden, our cross? And would we follow Jesus? And that's pretty well it, isn't it? That's what it's all about. Not necessarily any of those, but it's exhibiting a principle of taking up our cross. And we can't close without talking about the Lord Jesus who did take up the the cross, the, the cross of Christ. And we find, and we read in Galatians uh, chapter 5, they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh. Uh, and that really means quite simply, you know, that they've denied themselves the pleasures of sin, if you like, Um, Like it said in Titus, you know, worldly lusts and things like that. And we are serving Christ, not self. And that Galatians chapter 5 and verse 24, which we just just quoted, there is a passage in Galatians 2 as well, which says it all as well, and a quotation we shall finish with. Because it's all about the future, it's all about the reward. They aren't burdens if you look at them in the sense that beyond this life there is something much greater the sufferings of this present world are nothing to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in those that follow him life eternal Galatians, Paul writing to the Galatians and we are are finished with this quotation Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 I am crucified with Christ that figurative thing nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's friends make sure that that love of Jesus and the giving life for us is not neglected, and that the taking up of our cross is necessary as we walk the road in following the Lord Jesus Christ thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed that talk for more downloads videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times go to our website